going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Core Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOGD Rocks or Rock and Metal Thrive. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is December 1st, one day before I become an old man at 26. <laughs> but before I venture into that, I've got a great podcast episode coming up for you today where in conjunction with MVK Music Group, we're going to be reviewing a good number of their bands in the month of December, and this is the first one of that series. So, this band comes out of Massachusetts, and we not only talk about their influences where we got more like grunge, hard rock, and 80s style in their music, but we also talk about what they're doing in 2020 and why streaming is going to become a thing in 2021 for them. Mario Kart, anybody? And we also throw some ideas around there, but the big meat and potatoes that I think a lot of you're going to want to listen to is in the second half of this episode, because not only do we talk about what's happening in the world with COVID, especially as we end 2020, but we also take a look going forward as to what Ticketmaster has said about their plans for shows once they return in a COVID world. And... Also bringing up potential change in the music industry. So we really dive deep into this. We really get some ideas flowing. I really want you guys to check them out. So please welcome, from Massachusetts, the band, Young Other. Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listen to the Core Progression Podcast. We've got a series of these coming up with MVK Music Group as... We are able to get connected with them and talk with a good amount of the incredible bands that they have on their roster. And this is the first one coming up with that. So out of Massachusetts, please welcome the band, Young Others. So guys, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. What's up? How's everything going out there in uh, Massachusetts at this current time and state of the world? Uh, it's, it's getting cold and uh, lockdowns are happening again. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's cold and then warm and then cold again. And then, yeah, more lockdowns. Lockdown 2.0. I'm <laughs> like the 40th day of August. It took a break for a little bit and then it came back. Hey, yeah, don't right. Worry. Don't worry. I, was, I dealt the same thing. I dealt the same thing the, like the previous week or the previous couple of days that you guys felt because I'm over in Wisconsin. So it's like it all ends up drifting that way anyway with like the warm weather. And then all of a sudden, like the next day. You'll go from like, you know, being like in the 70 degree weather, you know, enjoying it. You're outside, just hanging out in a t-shirt and shorts. All of a sudden, next thing you know, boom, in the morning, it's 29 degrees outside. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's like you We've get out. You, you go to work or something, and you're in pants and sweatshirts, and then by the end of the day, your balls are sweating off. <laughs> you're, you're literally like, what? Uh, who is it from uh, UFC? Derek Jones just like ripped off his shorts. Like, why'd you rip off your shorts? Because my balls was hot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That's classic. I don't understand <laughs> No, oh, it's 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 a very understandable thing if you've ever dealt with just that. You know, you're you're dressed up for the morning, but then when you leave work at the end of the day, it's just it's even hotter. Like you know, basically the the temperature doubles, and you're just like, shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, as we jump into this podcast, I because I'm not necessarily sure how many of my listeners really know of you guys, so I always like to start out this way to see also what the answers are to these questions. So I'm gonna have you guys go and introduce yourselves with who you are, what you do in the band, and then my favorite part about all this, and it's going to put you guys on the spot. We're going to go all like high school, college, welcome week sort of stuff. I want to know a little fun fact about yourself. But the kicker is 
It has to be the wackiest thing you can think of. I've had people give me their Tinder bios, which is always my favorite. I've had people tell me their like old YouTube stories of like when they were creators when they were like two th- in like two thousand six, two thousand seven. Um, having famous pets for some reason, like an Instagram or Twitter cat. I mean, I've heard a bunch of random ones, but whatever you guys can think of as the wackiest, you guys go for it. So whoever wants to start, I will uh, let you guys take it. Oh, man. <laughs> Who wants to take it? Cricket. I can't even I'll go. I'll go. Already. All right, let's go. I am Adam Newfell. I am the drummer for Young Other. And what'd you say? A random fact or? Random wackiest fact you can think of about yourself. Uh, he had a cat that was 30 pounds and he had a massive heart attack <laughs> on the kitchen floor and died. Um, okay, I was expecting oh that God. as the wacky fact, but that God like damn. about your cat, not about you. Uh, but I mean, uh, it, it works though. I've heard, I've had stories about that too, where it's like people have had the famous Instagram cats or the Twitter cats and he had a yes. cat that was overweight and they had a heart attack on the kitchen floor. Very obese. That's like, that's like the complete 180 from like the other cat stories that I've heard as the wacky <laughs> fact. So this is a little bit different. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's going next? Uh, am I going next or Devin, you going next? Oh, crap. All right. Well, thank you. Suggest my name because you want me to go next because you're still thinking of something. Um, <laughs> well, know, I'm, I'm Devin Stetson. I, I'm the uh, bassist and I do back vocals and young other. Um, and wacky fact, I'll bring it back because we were talking about it before we did the recording and stuff. I have been known to wear really wacky slippers like Snorlax stuff. And yes. before this, I had, uh, I actually had like favorite Pokemon, right? Is Charizard. And I had a pair of slippers of those and I wore them until they were like just rags. So <laughs> that, that's kind of weird and quirky, right? We'll just go with that. I figured it goes that, with the trend. That is <laughs> weird and quirky and also a little bit interesting due to the fact that before you guys all jumped on the call i was playing pokemon go so ah, there you oh, go look at that. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm still on that um i took a break for all because i just didn't want to play it after a while and i'm still stuck on level 33 oh man <laughs> i know your pain i feel you i'm yes. getting up there i'm getting up there though they like once they introduce like the, the battle system though like i've been really getting into that i don't know why it's just i find that more fun and more like strategic in a way yeah, I haven't, no, seen, really I haven't cool. played in like a year. I have to hop on. I don't know. They they've added so many Pokemon that I've completely just like lost it after the after they started adding like Gen Four. I'm like, nope, I'm I'm pretty much like done. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm back into it. It's like I'm only using Gen One through Three. Right, it's the only ones that are the uh, that they count. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's too many now. Oh yeah, way too many. Uh, I probably still know all of them because I play with Kaylee now. Yeah, for real. You that's you get the I super fun championship genes down to my child. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Well, I mean, well, how about this, Brandon? You want to go next? Yeah, Dale's still thinking. I can see it in his face. <laughs> well, yes. I, I don't know. I have like a couple, and it's like it's just I don't know. You guys are given like real ah. world things, and I'm like, yeah, you guys are given like these really nice, like family friendly ones. All my weird, wacky stories are like rated. R and M. <laughs> uh, well, I well, I mean, I'd, I'd rather hear them than not hear them. Honestly, I really don't care. Oh, <laughs> Brandon, you, Brandon, tell them about the uh, the video Nate made you. That's like PG thirteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm Brandon. I play guitar in my mother, and I'm a floating head. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> my random fun fact of the day is when we were shooting the video for between the few acoustic we rented out a haunted castle in new hampshire <laughs> and 
I can't remember if it was my 22nd or my 23rd birthday, but my good friend Jared Moore invested into my one day to be brand, Brandong Thongs, and got me a thong with my face on it. <laughs> so I put this thong on, and Jared happened to be there hanging out for the night and fell asleep in the hot tub. So I dipped my ball into one of his hands <laughs> with my thong and my ball directly in his face. But then, as we were shooting the video, our videographer and also good friend, Nate, got a perfect, beautiful scene of me sexually walking down the stairs in my thong. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, when, when I think in wacky factor, like, wacky story, that definitely is up there in the top five. There you go. Yeah, Fred, and there we go. But but what what's surprises <laughs> me is the fact that, I mean, I'm looking at you right now, and you're just a floating head, so did you, like, lose your body somewhere in there, or? That's yeah, the night he lost his body. <laughs> I sold it to fund the rest of Brandong Thongs. You gotta trademark that name. Yes. Man, dude. I, I should have went before you, because I have nothing <laughs> Comes close to that. He's still thinking. You can see it. You can see it in his uh, eyes. Okay, well, I guess I'll go with like, all right, so my name's Dale. I am the vocalist of Young Other, and I write the words to the songs, and um, it's a lot of fun. But uh, my, I guess, wacky fact is before I really started getting into music, so around like 14 and 15, before I was in a band, uh, I was a very heavily, uh, I, I gamed a lot. And I, uh, I had like my own clan and everything. And we had like a hundred different people. And I was just, I was like, I, I ran the, ran the whole thing. And we were just MLG people before there was actually MLG. So it was like a lot of, I don't know. I was very like antisocial in, in, uh, in high school. So it was like, this is my, my, uh, my realm. And then, uh, I became social and found music and here I am, but that doesn't top Brandon's story. I, I don't think I have anything. I don't think <laughs> none of us have lived that that colorful of a life. Not <laughs> like Brandon. <laughs> I could talk my own stories, but I'm not going to for the sake of the public ear. Oh, holes. I know. Jeez. Oh, I've got I've got a feeling you easily could, but for the sake of the public, for the sake of the years of the um, for for the younger generation out there that might not be ready for something like that, we'll keep that on the down low. Right. Save yeah, the ears of the innocent behind the scenes. But but what I'm surprised, what I'm more impressed about is with uh, Dale with your clan, just like for for gaming, like you had a hundred people deep, and what like what kind of games are you playing with this kind of stuff? Because especially with today, then when we're shooting this, we're shooting this on the day that uh, PS5 released Nate uh, all across the world, and I I was <laughs> all night and all day today, all night like like all night last night and all day today. I was online trying to get one for my brother because he really wanted one. I really didn't care. So I'm like, I'll help you out. Try and get this. It, oh God, it didn't go well. And then he randomly gets one on uh, PlayStation's website. I don't really? know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, and I like, I, I like, I had it on like for the two, uh, for the 3 PM Eastern time drop on Walmart. I had it in the cart. I was at checkout. And then all of a sudden it like aired out on me. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I was pissed. Oh, also my brother texted me. Oh wait, I got one. Don't worry. Yeah. Like I had, I had a lot of friends who same thing. They they were literally at checkout, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, out of stock, out of stock, and it's like, it's pretty crazy. I, it's funny that you say PlayStation because uh, I'm a PlayStation player, and um, uh, 
back in so it was like 2009 2010 um i played a lot of call of duty it was like modern warfare 2 when like when my clan was really like active and like you know the quick scopes and all that stuff and and then we went into black ops and uh, i then i just kind of started i mean i actually still talk to a couple of the people who were in the um in the clan at the time it's weird it's like you make these internet friends and they never kind of like go away and they're just a, an important person to your life and uh but I, it, it kind of fizzled out when i really started playing music and i really started um I don't know, I just enjoyed like the real life experiences and I really, I enjoyed like going out to these shows, driving to different states and meeting different people that way. It's like a whole different world. But now with things being back into the digital age with the, the world being shut down, uh, we've been kind of talking about how we can start growing our fan base through uh, digital, um, digital realms. And uh, I've been thinking, I've been talking back and forth with Brandon about really getting back into gaming and setting up like a streaming um think for twitch and like getting a whole setup uh uh like dual monitors and everything have been kind of browsing that but it kind of depends on where things end up in january if we are going to be shutting down or if things are going to be opening up um uh for us to go tour again so it's it's kind of like on the fence right now but i've been doing i did a lot of research today on what can i do and, and stuff like that but um yeah i don't know it's like if if the world is shutting down i might i might be willing to dive into this in, back into gaming and uh see what could happen well i would definitely suggest it if if it's something that you know if we end up shutting down again because i know there's something coming out the day that we are shooting this that uh for president-elect joe biden potentially shutting down the country for four to six weeks once he gets an office to try and combat this before the pfizer vaccine is readily available for public uh use so that could potentially be something that you guys do in order to amplify your fan base, amplify your sound and your, and your music all throughout the internet. And this isn't something that, you know, you're going into completely blind either because we've, during this time, we've seen musicians hop on to places like Twitch and really start to grow their music and really continue to grow their fan base through streaming. I mean, the top two that I can think of are Matt Heafy from Trivium and of course, Ronnie Radke, because he's like always in the top 10 of Twitch subscribers right now. It's like, Mm-hmm. you've got musicians that are in top 10 for streaming like how does this happen yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's there's definitely alone, a market there matt alone is just i mean he even games and he and he does a lot of like he plays a trivium and all that stuff and that's kind of like what we've been diving into we got a whole setup now at our practice space that uh we can live stream directly to youtube or facebook or whatever and twitch and we're thinking about creating a young other um twitch as well and you know maybe once a month we'll do a live stream concert or we'll do like you know, different things where all of us are together and we're all playing video games or something and laughing and, and engaging with the audience and stuff. And it's like, this is, this is what I've been kind of seeing of really how we can push and grow our fan base when they're, I mean, right now, Facebook doesn't even want fans streaming to their platform. They're, they're saying they don't want this. They'll ban your pages and stuff like that. So it's like, we're, we're, you know, we have to look for this outside source. And I mean, Twitch, it's like, you could pull in, you could be playing a game. And all of a sudden, some kid, you know, oh, wow, yeah, they just happen to be on your stream. And then they're like, oh, well, who's this young other guy? And then they, they click on you, and they're like, wow, they play music. And then they like that, and they're like, oh, and they start sharing with their friends. And it's like, we have this dual niche. We're musicians. We can play, stream, and, 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 and perform music. But then we can also game and have a lot of fun. So it's like, it's, I, I think this is a very big future step, and I'm, I'm willing to do it. I've been getting pretty amped to, to take this on. One thing that just kind of popped in my mind through that is 
when I'm thinking about the bands and the musicians that are specifically just the musicians that are on Twitch themselves and what they're doing. I mean, take a look at um, Mad Heafy because he's not only gaming, but he's also doing a lot of just playing music for people. Not only trivia music, but he's doing a lot of other covers. Well, like I remember he did Acoustic Stabbing the Dark by Ice Nine Kills on his channel. But one other thing I'm seeing from other people too is like take a look at Ronnie Racky where he's reacting to other people's videos, reacting to like his videos, which not going to lie, I find some of those absolutely hilarious. But what I haven't seen, and I think this guy's could this could really work for you guys is because if all four of you guys are down for this, it's like you guys are all on Twitch streaming and people are watching this and it's like whatever game you're playing, whoever loses, like if you guys are playing like Call of Duty, whoever, whoever has the worst like uh, – kdr after about like five or six matches or if you guys are playing mario kart whoever loses the race like there has to be some sort of like wacky punishment or like wacky little thing you have to do if you lose just to kind of have like that like party mentality in there as well and people are always gonna be wondering okay what's gonna happen when this person is they're gonna be rooting for some people to lose because maybe when they lose it's funnier what they have to do i mean there's something there kind of like kind of like a weird like japanese game show kind of style uh yeah. twitch stream yeah no that's a wicked good idea and these are things that we're starting to try to uh, come up with, too, because we were thinking, like, you know, uh, between the four of us, you know, some of us would be streaming different days and, and different times and stuff like that. And then once a month doing like a young other in the living room kind of thing. And the four of us sit together and we're doing something like this, exactly like this. This could be like a three hour stream where we're just playing different games. We're laughing. And and this competition thing is even funnier because, like you said, it gets people like involved and says oh you know i want to i want to lose and then like people could even you know like kind of bet on it and stuff like that and and it, it, i think i think it's going to be a cool realm and uh uh i would recommend this route to a lot of different people too if, if anybody's listening um because this is a very interactive way to still i don't know be a community with people right yeah, well, I would say, what do you, what do the other guys, what do you guys think about that kind of an idea, like doing like that competition style? Because one thing I remember back when I was in college, well, we one thing, big thing we were always into was either playing Super Smash Bros. or we'd play what would we call it. We called it uh, "Don't Drink and Drive" from Mario Kart, where it's you uh, have a beer. Yeah, you have a beer. Yeah, I was actually and, think of it. <laughs> yeah, you got and you got to finish it. Well, for everyone that doesn't know, you got a beer and you have to finish the beer before you finish the race. However, your cart has to be at a complete stop in Mario Kart before you or like while you're drinking you cannot be moving in any sort of way so and like always the competition between my friends that always drove off of that and how we were always like like having fun but also like the competition screaming at each other sometimes some people would lose like three or four races and we'd make them do something or if we were playing fifa or like uh madden or 2k if you lost by a certain amount you would have to write a public apology to that person on your Facebook page, <laughs> say that you are the inferior player. Like that kind of stuff just really gets some of the people, like some of the fans, they're, it's going to get them more invested in it because they're going to want to see, you know, who loses and what's the funny thing that's going to end up happening to that person when they lose. Right. Yeah, that's a really I good idea. I've played the drinking Mario Kart game like four times and I have never lost. You're on, Brandon. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a challenge. I'll have to destroy oh, you. Man. I, I, I will <laughs> Rainbow not. Rainbow Road. Oh Drinking God. <laughs> I will. I will not. I will not uh, divulge my secret to winning. Don't drink and drive Mario Kart because, well, Brandon might actually know it, but then it's funnier if you guys don't know because then he kicks your ass and then you guys have to do all the wacky stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll lose a few times, lose a bet, and then learn how to win, and then win once. <laughs> 
I don't know. You might have had a lot. Of, you might have had a lot to drink at that point, where it's like you're trying to figure out how to win, but then it's just like eh, I figured it out and everything. And you're playing Rainbow Road, so you're always flying off the edge. Oh, yeah, sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh wow. man, I'm like a but yeah, you, you saw it here in uh, in recording. I'll challenge Brandon to Rainbow Road drinking Mario Kart, <laughs> the floating head versus the long haired guy in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> Destroy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah i would I, I mean again i definitely would suggest going into that because basically it's i've seen the twitch thing work but how do you set yourself apart from everybody every other musician that's on twitch right now every other right. twitch room that's on there right now and yeah. having a, that bandwide camaraderie but also that bandwide competition at the same time too it just adds more fuel to it that not a lot of people are going to get from other twitch streamers Right. Yeah. yeah and that's the thing. It's like we could do acoustic live streams. We could do whatever we we wanted, and then it's it's a it's it's just you have two separate niches rather than just being a gamer or rather just being a musician. It's like we all play video games. We're all musicians, and it's and, and I feel like a lot of people can get behind that. Yeah, and then you can always have the chat rolling along on the side too of the screen. So all of a sudden, like you can see people like maybe asking, start asking questions about Young Other, asking questions about your music, and all of a sudden, Bing Bang Boom. You're just going forward with it, and you're able to talk about your music, and then people that are your fans already might be able to start asking you questions that are a little bit more in-depth with it, and then you're able to answer those questions and connect with your existing fan base in that like kind of more intimate realm that you would at live shows or after live shows, talking with the fans. That is not happening right now that we miss. So, damn you, COVID! Yes. I know. Agreed. Yeah. And then now it's like, yeah, now they might lock everything down again. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Mostly because I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys can attest to this as well. But, man, I miss live shows. Yeah. Oh, uh, preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Was, what, was the, what was the last time you guys played a live show? What was the what? What was the last time you guys played live? Uh, the day the country shut down. It was many moons ago. March thirteenth, boy. Yeah, March thirteenth. We had a show in New Hampshire, and uh, we played, and then we went home. Uh, we were actually on a run, so we were going to be headed to New York, and we were like on our way to New York. Oh, and then we got a yeah. call from our tour manager saying, "Hey, uh, show's been canceled in Syracuse, New York. You guys got to turn around. Everything's shut down." And we're like, "Whoa, what the heck's going on?" So we drove back home, and then uh, haven't played anything since. And that is a honestly just it just it's especially with what happened in 2020 and then what with what was happening with the presidential election with all the kind of like just it was kind of like nervousness within the country. I felt like live shows would have been completely useful because when it comes to live shows, everyone's just there for the same reason for for how they got to that reason is different reason. But everyone's there because they have a positive connection with the band they're going to go see. So and everyone's just there to have a good time, enjoy listening to their one of their favorite bands and bing, bang, boom. You just have a good time with it. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. having that unity is almost required in a time where everything's so divided. You know, there's there's almost two sides to everything, and and concerts are just like brings everyone together. Music brings everyone together. You know, I think the world needs that more than ever for sure. So having oh, live yeah. concerts not be around, it's like, oh, oh man, <laughs> kick them when they're down. You know, yeah. it, it, exactly because like there's times where it's like with me, it's I miss going to those shows and just well, most of the time. Um, this being in those mosh pits that's always my favorite 
crowd kill. <laughs> I, I don't go full crowd kill on it either. I've taken a couple of hits from some of those crowd killers, and it's just it's not fun. It's but scary. at times, like there's some of those crowd killers. It's like after about two, three minutes, all of a sudden, it's like the pit knows who you are. The pit will make sure <laughs> yeah. you pay. It's very true. Oh man, you think they just are like all pent up because they just missed uh, going to the gym or something a couple of days of the week, and they're like, I gotta let it out here now. And I just flail by limbs, you know, aimlessly. Yeah, the first time I went to a concert, I was like 14, 15. Somebody told me that mosh pits were like fight circles, that you just go in and you pick a fight with somebody. So I had no idea. So I went in, somebody like pointed at me, and it was probably like to like run and bump into each other. And I just like, I just geared up and I punched the dude right in the face. (laughs) Had no idea what was going on. And everybody just Knocked loved out. it. And everybody just started attacking each other. And I was like, damn, they weren't kidding. It's just a fighting pit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'll say most time it's not a fighting pit unless someone starts it, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, Brandon. Well, yeah, I learned that. I learned that afterwards. And my friend told me, he's like, why did you punch that guy? I was like, I thought that's what you do. <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> the floating head is spoken. Yes. <laughs> Oh god! I mean, I've seen a couple of times where some fights have broken out. I've haven't been. I've been in a fight. I've taken some pretty nasty hits to the point where you know I've gotten. Yeah, I've bled a couple of times. I've almost broke my nose. You know, just the huge. But it's all <laughs> it's all good fun. However, I did get a little lucky though because the time I almost broke my nose, it was during a. I was seen falling in reverse, and all of a sudden, some guy like I was checking my nose to see if it was broken. I saw no blood, no pain. I'm like, this is really weird. Guy pulls me to the side, and I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? He's like. I saw you take that hit. You're leading our side for the wall of death. I'm like, ooh. And I'm looking around, and all of a sudden, I see the guy that hit me in the nose. And I literally did what happened to Brandon. Like, I just pointed at the guy. I'm like, you. <laughs> and then the guy looked at me, just literally did like the, like went all Morpheus on me. Just picked his hand, was like, come on. <laughs> just went up, awesome. le- leveled him with my shoulder. And then all of a sudden, like three people were there to pick him right back up. It's like, yeah. We're even now, but that was like the last time I was in a full-on mosh pit, and that was February, so it's been wow. a while. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I, you know, I'm thinking about injuries and stuff. I I haven't really been – the worst I've been injured at a show wasn't even in a mosh pit. It was actually at the FET. We opened up for Puddle of Mud, and we were like all just kind of like chilling in a line, you know, had a couple beers and stuff. And there's this one dude rocking out really hard and I got elbowed in the throat. Cause I'm like, I'm six too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and, I, and I like, I was spitting blood out and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like not even a pit or anything, you know, it's, it's puddle of mud. Like oh, at, no. I don't know, maybe some people mosh to that, but I'm, I'm sure Brandon and Dale remember that stuff. That was crazy. And that was Adam's first show with us too, actually. Oh, yeah. Hell oh yeah, it was. Yep. That was right after we recorded songs that aren't released yet. <laughs> oh boy. See now, 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 now you get me I'll say now you get me all excited for this stuff, guys. Come on. I mean I'm like I'm I'm I feel like pushing on it, but then also like if it's not released yet, then maybe they're not gonna want to talk about it yet. So maybe we'll just let them just talk amongst well, themselves a bit. I don't know. We might just get one to of those two songs we just shot the video for not too long ago. Yeah, September we shot that. And then aren't you shooting one sometime in November? Is that for the second one? Uh, well, uh, no, not, not. Well, we're shooting this set actually in two days. Um, but that that song's coming out in January, and it's part of the uh, uh, Luminous Element Reignited um, 
uh, like re-recording of our old Luminous Element record, and uh, like we should, we re-recorded all of these during quarantine, and uh, now we've been releasing them. And this past Tuesday, we dropped a slighted music video, and uh, so we have a couple more until Leave It Behind, but we're shooting Leave It. Uh, well, I guess just I just gave it away, but we're shooting Leave It Behind music video uh, this coming Saturday. And that'll be out in January, just because if everybody hasn't put piece the puzzle together now. <laughs> but um, yeah, but the, the the video that Brandon is talking about that is a video that's uh, coming out on a later date, and it depends on if the world is opening or not opening, and what is in between that. <laughs> Understandable. I mean, you have to you have to play off with what the world is giving you in terms of what you're able to do. Whether it's we're going to be able to go and you guys are going to be able to go play shows, we're going to be able to go and see you guys play shows in the next couple of months, or if we're going to go into full shutdown mode again, it's like, all right, we got to wait for this crap again. <sighs> Pretty much. Yep, it's rough. It it, it, it makes you so. Like our, our producer and our the studio that we go to has been closed since March, so. You know, we can't go and get the professional recordings that we have, like on the Between the Few um, EP, and it hinders us. It's like, okay, well, we have a couple songs that were already recorded prior to COVID shutting down everything, and it's like, do we release these and then have nothing because everything shut down forever, or do we save on to these and just kind of try to buy some time until the world really opens and we can have an explosive reentry? But it's 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 hard it's like and especially this next two month period where all the election and all that stuff's going on it's like you need to have it both ways so it's like we're kind of planning you know we're planning towards if we are shutting down uh uh and what we're gonna do and we're kind of plan. we already have a, a plan that's kind of set if things are gonna uh stay open so it's like we're we're it's constantly just trying to be in, innovative and seeing what you can think of and that's honestly the way you have to do it in today's world, just because, again, you we don't know exactly what the hell is going on anymore. So to make sure that you have a different game plan for if the next couple months we do go in shutdown mode or if we keep everything open, then you're able to adapt to basically the environment and what it is going to be. And when it comes to just getting basically more material out and growing the band as a whole, you're going to want those plans in place so that you're not trying to play catch up when something happens. You're going to want to be able to be out in front of it so that Kind basically when things are opening up, you're going to want to be out in front of it so that when people are thinking about going to see live music and people are starting to go see live shows, you're the band that's on their mind to go see. Right. Yeah. We got to give them a reason. Exactly. That was kind of part of the decision in doing like a DIY style for the luminous reignited. When we released those tracks originally, it was the first time I'd ever recorded and mixed anything. And I had zero idea what I was doing. We did it with like a $200, 15 watt amp that you could plug into a usb i recorded guitars and bass through it and then we use uh sure what was that a 58 yeah for the vocals <laughs> and the drums were off a half pirated version of superior drummer which didn't have a full kit oh wow <laughs> yeah and it sounds you can hear it it sounds really bad but you know those songs are really fun to do so we yeah. redid them again with some of the updated technology we have and gear, and I got a little bit better at mixing, I think, I would say. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's three <laughs> years with you, Brandon. It's definitely, oh, yeah. But the thing by doing those reignited versions, too, is you're going to end up being, end up rehashing some things that you guys have done in the past, but 
with a, with more and more people again staying online because we're in a pandemic people have to stay indoors especially as we're getting into winter as well and poten- another potential lockdown people are going to be so into what's going on on the internet they're going to be constantly craving that new stuff which is why when the first lockdown happened between march and april why i was so big on a bunch of those bands releasing stuff and a lot of bands doing a lot of different things and keeping new music coming through the pipeline and also just other crazy wacky things because people are constantly be- like looking for new stuff to go off on and like when it happened, I mean, the biggest band to really like take a full force of that honestly was from Ashes to New because they put out a bunch of those like covers and a parody of Wake Me Up When September Ends. Then they released uh, this Panic single back in April. It's like they really just took the time and just like force fed it, all this new stuff into basically into the Internet. And people were looking yeah. for something. People were looking for fun stuff and they had the fun stuff. And all of a sudden they released something new and it's like, holy crap. So when you guys are releasing the reignited tracks, you're getting just this new, a more updated sound out there of what you guys are trying to go for. Even if you are mixing it yourselves, I mean, you're learning different things about it as well that you might not have learned had you not done this or had the world not completely gone like the way it has been. However, you're going to be able to just figure out a couple of things and people are going to get new stuff. They're going to be able to compare the original version to the reignited version and just see, okay, I can kind of see what they were trying to go with a little bit more, what they're amping up and maybe what they liked a little bit on certain things, what they didn't like on certain things. And you're getting a full taste on exactly how the song that can be done in two different ways and what people are really saying about it and what people are really thinking about it. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be interesting. There's a couple of things that we changed in some of the songs and we added stuff. So, Yeah, because like I know the one that I really went into on this one was Breach because at the time, because at the time when we were recording this, because you guys came out with the reimagined version, like you said, of which one was it? Slighted a couple days before this, but I was already working on a bunch of other stuff as well. So I really went deep into Breach because that was what the newest one was at the time when I was able to uh, really go through all this. And you can definitely tell that they're, again, they're the same song. It's just like a, just like a different, just like a little bit of a, like, you know, a re-release, re-recording kind of stuff. Like what Black Veil Brides it with the Restitch These Wounds album, which came up at the end of July. Just kind of that kind of style. And it's like, yeah. there's definitely some updates in there and there's some things that stand out a little bit more. There's some things that might not stand out as much, but you're definitely going to get both of those styles coming through and through on both sti- on both uh, songs, both the original and the reignited version. Right. <laughs> and we kind of decided to go about this route too for when we go back to shows. It's a lot of these songs we weren't putting in our, uh, in our set lists and uh, reintroducing these is, has it's going to change up our sets a lot and um, I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, slighted's a three minute song that's constantly full. Like the energy bar is just constant yeah, and it's, it's such a good song to throw in when you only have like a 25 minute set or something. And it's like, you just played five songs and Oh, Hey, you have four minutes left. So here, here's a three minute slammer. And it, 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 it it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's nice to, I mean, as and me and Brandon wrote these songs way back to like, in 2015 16 when we first started so it's awesome bringing these things back and seeing our entire new fan base and and uh react to these songs and uh bring devin's vocals and adam into playing them as well and uh it's just it just feels fresh again and that's really a good thing about it too and i love the fact you're thinking about when it comes to playing a set as well how it's going to reinvigorate your sets again once live shows come back because if you're going to, I always like endings, like seeing bands end the set with something that's going to leave the crowd with an impression of what they just saw. So you're going to always want to just kind of be like, you're going to want to end up being the band that when the fans leave the show, you're going to want to be the one that the, that the people are thinking about. 
And it's always that last, it's always like, there's always moments within the show that happen, but that last song is always like, okay, this is your last shot at it. So got to make it a good one. Yeah, we yeah. Got, we, we've got a uh, pretty good formula down to how we like uh, doing our sets. And uh, last year, uh, what we were ending with and um, how we were portraying our sets, because we got a, like a custom light show and everything um, that's all programmed and stuff. Um, and it really, it really does leave a statement when you're up it's your last song, because that's the last thing somebody's hearing. And then the, the, if it's catchy, it's stuck in their heads. And then like, if, especially the energy and everything that's, uh, involved in it. And, uh, I'd have to say your first two songs and the last two songs are probably the most important songs of an entire set list. Oh, I think I'd have to agree with you on that. Cause I'm thinking about like some of the concerts that I went to go see. It's like, that first song always sets the tone for the whole show right from the get-go. And then that second song, it's like kind of like a continuation to see where it's going. Then that second last song you're going with, because I've seen a lot of bands, they do that second last song, whether, whether it's like right after like doing into the encore or it's like they're going to do a one song encore. It's the last song before they leave and then you're waiting for it. It's at that moment, then you know, okay, do I stay for the encore or do I not stay? Because if it kind of fell flat a little bit, I see more people head for the door. But if it's something that's, really gets the crowd into the whole entire feel of what's going on. The fans are going to stay and just start chanting for more. And I've seen that it incredibly it work incredibly well at points. I've seen that just kind of fall flat at times as well. Mm. Yeah. We haven't been on the, on the part of an encore yet, but uh, we, we make sure our last song in our set is like encore worthy, where it's just like, this is the, I mean, we, we haven't been like the headliner of a, of a, big show where it's we ever try to get an encore or have the opportunity to do an encore so it's it's um it's still nice to just go out with a bang and 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 in here that people want more that's a that's another thing it's like a lot of people be like oh i want you guys to play one more song We're like oh well you know follow us on social media because we'll be back around and stuff like that but uh there's a few a few shows that we ran into People try to get us to do encores, but we kind of like we plan our sets to fill our gaps, and we don't want to walk into other people's like time. So, yeah, 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 and especially if like if you're not that, that like headlining band, what that's gonna end up happening where you don't wind up basically stepping on people's toes, and all of a sudden, as time goes on, because of course, like the mo majority of the people are gonna be there to see the headliner. That's just always the way it is with how everything is built. So you don't want to just like, you know, all the, basically it's just, if you're going to end up taking up more time than kind of what is expected at that point, sometimes what happens with those fans is they kind of get that negative taste, that negative uh, reaction because, oh no, I got to wait longer for this band that I want to see to go on. Cause I've seen that happen before with some smaller shows as well, where it's like some bands, God, I forgot which show I was seeing, but it was, it was, there's supposed to be five bands on. This was right before the shutdown happened. And the first one went on, then all of a sudden the second one goes on, and then the fourth one goes on. It's like, well, what happened to the third? Oh, it was like apparently their bass player never showed up. And as the as the headliner was getting set to like start moving their stuff on stage, all of a sudden this bass player shows up. So now they have to take all the stuff off stage so this other band can go on and play. And then it end up delaying the whole entire show by like 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. And I don't remember the name of the band, but it's just like it kind of right. like as a fan, it leaves a little bit of a negative taste in your mouth because you're expecting this band to go on around this time. And now it's like, well, especially cause I had to travel for the show too. And I was, go I was coming home later that night. I was, in, I was went to Chicago for it. So it's like, wow. I, I'm like, now I'm like, okay, the show is supposed to end around like 12, 1230. 
Now I might not get out of here till one thirty, two in the morning. I'm not going to get home till after Ooh. 3 o'clock in the morning. That's where it kind of comes in where I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Those oh, freaking yeah, bass players, man. Those bass players. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. I don't know, man. What are you going to do about him? Uh, uh, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right, well, guys. I think I got to hop off. Alrighty, well, Floating Head Brandon, it was great to have you on while we had you on, and well, we'll continue on without you, but have a great rest of your night. See ya. Bye, Brandon. We're going to do that Mario Kart thing. Me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What Thanks the heck is that, Adam? <laughs> and now we just, are we just watching Floating Head? Yeah. He's... Oh. oh, there we go. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, wow. Now it's like I'm a lot seem like a lot closer now. All of a sudden, like everything blew up right in my face. Like, whoa. <laughs> Adam, was, was that your biggest fan up there? Uh, this one? One of my biggest fans. All week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, how, how, how wide is it? You know, like a 30, 40 inch diameter? Yeah, diameter. Uh, something like that. <laughs> it's pretty big fan then, man. Okay. It's a pretty big fan, then. I'd say. All right, but jumping back more into the music with you guys as well, because I want people to also get a taste of your style of music as well. And when I was going through it, because I was trying to figure out certain things and really try and dive deep into it, and I saw on your website that you guys had videos, you guys just like talking about who you are, man, the stuff that you guys do, and some of the other silly facts about some of the things that you do but also some of the influences that you guys have as well and how that pertains to the band. And from the videos, I want to start with Dale on this one because what I saw from you was bands like Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Shinedown, and Three Days Grace. So are those are those your, again, one, are those your influences? And two, how does that form into Young Other style, like in terms of being influenced by those bands? Um, So I, let's see, um, well, Alice in Chains, um, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, the whole 90s grunge era, that's what really kind of drew me into wanting to be a vocalist because uh, I just naturally had like an appeal to it. And um, I like, there's just so much raw, pure uh, emotion in the voices and the and the lyrics as well. They were all phenomenal lyrics, lyricists. And um, that that's what really became my biggest um influence when it became to singing and writing and then like you know that, that that's in the 90s and me being you know growing up in the uh in the what being a teenager in like the 10s i guess if you want to call it um you know this band's like shine down three days grace and all these bands who just dropped epic records in 2008 like shine down sad to madness and uh three days grace with one x and all that stuff and that really pulled me in as well and I think I think for my musical taste, like the influences there with uh, having the '90s voice. I mean, that's something that everybody usually at the shows are like, "Oh man, he's, he just kind of reminds me of like Lance Staley and like blah blah blah." blah. And I get that more often than not. And um, I, uh, it's it's awesome that people can see that influence. But then they're like, "Oh, but there's something different to it." And that's what I've been really pushing myself over the past couple of years is what makes me what what makes it different because we don't want to rip off those old bands so i mean i feel like the core like generalized band from like all of our other uh influences everybody has is that we really kind of like sit on shine down and how they are like as an instrument instrumentally and and like production wise and stuff 
and that's kind of where we've been pulling all of our influences into. I can, I kind of got a little bit of that, especially when I listened to Breach as well, specifically with the vocals, where it's where people would uh, relate to your vocals with Lane Staley from Alice in Chains. I got that like right away too. But the one thing I did notice, especially like on the reignited version, was there was a there, it wasn't straight up like that '90s style either. Because whenever I think of that '90s style with the vocals, I mean you're always thinking of people like uh, Eddie Vedder, you're thinking of Chris Cornell, you're thinking of Lane Staley, you're thinking of Kurt Cobain. And I was kind of like, they always have that like Seattle grunge style to them. It's like, then that's always the best way to describe it with just, if we boil down their vocals to a chord, that's what it felt like. However, what I thought with yours, especially when on Breach, I'm the only, the only reason I'm like turning my head this way is because I did like a whole like write up note sheet style thing that I always do on certain songs. So I just don't want to mess up what I wrote basically. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, it was like. It was forcefully, it was a, it was a forcefully calm style, which is like a lighter grunge kind of style to it. So it had that, it had that feel to it where it was grittier. I mean, grungier is the best way to describe it, but it was calmer, but still as forceful as though. So that's, I think where the difference comes in, where it has that same force, but it's like a calmer style voice. Yeah, I can, I can agree on that. And I think you might be getting that calmer uh, side of things from, like if, if you, I mean, even just the way their music was recorded back in the nineties and, and like how, you know, when they hit the snare and stuff like that, everything just was open. So it's like you, you it, like the reverb and stuff, cause you know, everything was recorded in, in a giant room and it's, it's different with our approach now um, with the way we layer vocals, the way we track. And it's not just me singing one, singing one take and, slapping a reverb on it and letting that being the overlay of the entire song it's like there's you know harmonies there's uh you know multiple layers and stuff like that in and when it comes to recording modern day style and uh that's where i think like the more calm and less gritty side of the things come from the production end but um if you see me live that's when um usually people uh grasp onto that more and i but i think it's a it's a good aspect because like, you know, people who might not know us and they're sitting in the, sitting in the crowd and all of a sudden the, the singer just belts out and there are people who are like, Whoa, what's this? And then they're like, Oh, but it's totally different. And uh, that's where I think it really, where that hook is. It's definitely more on the live sense than uh, uh, recording. Oh, I would assume that just because again, when you get that live sense, it's people are going to listen to me like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. What's this? <laughs> what is this? And that's just, they're going to get all excited about it and then just want to listen to it. Plus when you have that 90s style as well, there's going to be a lot of people that really associate with that, with the nineties music, especially people that grew up with it or people that grew up, you know, later in the two thousands where some of those influences were still had and you could still hear some of those bands like, or some of those singers as well, specifically like Chris Cornell, because when you get with audio slave in the two thousands, you're able to hear that voice. You're able to connect with it and then be open more to, for someone like myself who grew up as a, as a kid in the 2000s and teenager, like late 2000s, early 2010s, if I was going to get more in the 90s stuff, it was like Chris Cornell was the bridge that led me to it. Then all of a sudden it's like you get Kurt Cobain, you get Eddie Vedder, you get Lane Staley, and then you're getting all those grungier vocals in there as well to really understand what's going on. And when you hear that kind of style, you get that little bit of nostalgia tick to it. But if you're going to hear that it's something a little bit different, people are going to be intrigued by it. So they're going to be drawn to you guys and drawn to your band, especially in a live sense, just by hearing that simple fact. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of different 
things that people click with when uh, they hear us live. It's like they hear the, the 90s niche coming from me, but then they also hear like 80s and like uh, early 2000s, like emo and stuff coming from Devin's because he's got such a clean, high vocal. Uh, uh, the 80s is in the hair alone. That's, yeah, in the, and, and then the hair. Yeah. So it's like you, you have the these voice. different like <laughs> draws and people um, like they, they grasp onto that. I mean, the amount of times people come up to Devin and I and say the harmonies between you guys, the harmonies, the harmonies, even on like our recordings and stuff. And it's and that has always been something that I've, I've strived for in any of the music that I write is because I have that huge liking to uh, Alice in Chains where you have Jerry and Lane. But, uh, you know, we're doing it in a completely different uh, realm of, of genre-wise. So it, it's, it's kind of giving it a, 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 a new flavor of, of a duality uh, vocals. And you really don't hear that much anymore. You don't hear, band, I mean, you, you know, take bands like Disturbed and Shine Down. You really don't hear, it, like, uh, anybody else that, of two people singing. That that is true. However, when it comes to Disturbed, though, with David Draymond's vocals, they're just so completely different than anyone else you heard that it just stands out. But like another band that was perfect, like when you hear like the two different style of vocals, not only was just like just the different styles that they have, but also how one guy could go from this really like haunted, clean style to this angry scream style. Is take Lincoln Park for example with Mike Shinoda and Chester. Oh yes. Like that kind of style with all those harmonies work. It's like Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like looking at like with a video that uh, was posted on your website that uh, Dale or Devin was on that was talking about his influence. While well. you're talking about that like '80s influence in there as well, and like having more of like a high pitched vocal kind of style to uh, to um, complement and harmonize with uh, with uh, shoot, am I with Dale's? Yeah. Now I was like, wait, I'm messing up on names here. They'll look at me go. I know it's going to mess up at some point on this podcast. So there's my mess up for the day. But like, but when it comes to Dale and Devin, when it comes to you guys harmonizing, when it had, when uh, Dale has, or Devin, shoot, there we go again. When Devin has that higher pitch sound of like, take a look at some of the influence that he was talking about. And you said one. And right when I heard it, I was just like, no fucking way. And it, and it was Rush. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Getty Lee all the way. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely Team Getty. <laughs> oh, easily. However, uh, when it came to uh, when it came to Rush, I was all Neil Pert on that one. I'm like Neil Pert, Neil Pert stands alone. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. The man with the plan. Uh, did you ever Did you ever get to a chance to see Rush live? I did. Uh, oh, I did? did not. I am the you, sir. <laughs> Jeez, no. Adam, you saw Rush live? Yeah, I did. Wow. First I concert. Was- your first concert? Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. Get up out of here. <laughs> I barely remember it, but. Six, so, I got to see him 2013, I want to say. It was the only time I got to see him. And, like, the only thing I was doing the whole entire time was, like, my eyes were just, like, locked on what Neil Pert was doing. I'm like, how the fuck yeah. <laughs> are you doing that? It's because like when I, when I, when I look at certain musicians at times, it's like, I'm looking at them and there's things that I don't understand. Like when it comes to any kind of string instrument, guitar, bass guitar, whatever it is, I don't fully understand how like to play them myself. But then there's, I watch certain guys. I'm like, okay, I don't understand how just to do that. But now I'm not understanding nearly even anymore. Like I'm even more confused when it came to drumming. Cause I drummed as a kid. It's like, I get certain things. However, there's certain drummers I was always watching. I'm like, Okay, I know how to do that, but how the hell are you making this move and making this happen? And every time I watch Neil Pert, I'm like, how? Like, just, just how is this possible, man? 
Yeah, he's a nut. He's definitely one of the best, if not the best. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's one of my biggest influences. But no yeah, wonder. I know what you mean about just like watching him and being like, "What is he doing?" It's just some of the things he does in his mind and how he puts it to the kit is just absolutely insane. And I'll say now, uh, it's like we got we, we got two guys in the band that end up having uh, Rush influences to them. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> Take it, it good. Have you have you have you guys brought any like their influence in that math rock style into your music at a, at all purposely, or is it just kind of just something that if it does come in, it just comes in naturally? Um, I think like we do a lot of cohesive writing and stuff. There's there's been a few songs, uh, especially with like the newer ones we've been writing um, in the the shed writing sessions. I guess you could say that have definitely been more. Um, I guess timing like very like more timing variables and a little more like uh, i guess colorful and not so straightforward in right. that um but yeah i mean we definitely like i don't know the rock the rock and roll thing is it, it tends to be more straightforward in a genre uh, but we have found ways to kind of you know take our influences and, and throw that that timing twist in there here and there if the, when the song calls for it the mood calls for it because we've definitely been uh focusing on writing with like moods and like trying to um you know install like a feeling with with that music or have like a theme um both with, like audio and, and the visual we present um and just and lyrically and everything too so i think yeah especially recently we've been able to squeeze some some influence so maybe you know um coming up soon and, and in the years to come we'll hear little dashes of that uh, in the music <laughs> And that that will end up just giving your music a little bit more diversity to work with, and then it'll maybe might not like that, but it'll potentially show you things that you know maybe you weren't willing to try in experimentation at the beginning of it. However, going forward, you might want to try something a little bit different due to the fact that you have the ability to give that a shot. There's always the potential to make something like that happen, and when you try all those different things, what I've seen end up happening is. Again, it's like, okay, maybe this doesn't work, but you learn how different progressions work. You learn how different harmonies work within each other. So you just kind of get these ideas and all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're going to place it in a completely different sound that on paper doesn't seem like it's going to make sense. But on paper and when you actually put it, like create it and listen to it could be two completely different things. You could have the greatest idea when you write it down, but then you record it and it's like, well, that didn't work. Or you can have the wackiest (laughs) idea to create a like full-on metalcore deathcore carnival song and have it be absolute insanity and gold because you have a couple of ska uh, ska band members playing the horns in the background like it doesn't seem like it'd work on paper but hell ice night kills did it and it fucking worked Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean we've been trying some different things and stuff um we are kind of uh branching on to onto like a new new chapter and everything and uh we have some well, the songs that we are planning on releasing next year, if it if everything kind of opens up, uh, but if not, then it's going to be different. But uh, the songs that we we're working to compile into an XDP are all pretty uh, versatile, but they all generalize around a certain theme. And um, it's I'm really excited for those songs because they are kind of all different and it's a different way of writing that we've uh, kind of started pursuing down rather than how the between the few is more like straight up hard hitting rock uh this is a little bit more versatile with the uh the rhythm and uh like a drums the bass lines and stuff it's it's very focused on that and um topped with uh vocal melodies so it's 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 
well, and uh, the lyrical themes. But um, it's it's something that we're looking to grow into, and we have tons of different ideas. I mean, we were brainstorming ideas that are coming out in 2022, 2023, and it's like I don't think as a band that we're not that we're gonna stop writing anytime soon whether we're playing shows or not uh like uh, we're gonna be writing and that's that's a, a very i don't know thing that makes me really happy because it's it's a good outlet for all of us and i mean we're finding ways of we have ways of being able to stream directly to uh you know twitch and stuff the full bands like right from our shed and it's it's you know we're, i mean over the next few years it's it's that's that's going to become more of a, a reality people aren't i mean even when shows open up, people aren't going to want to go out just yet. And it's like, I, I just feel I'm starting to really, uh, I didn't think we'd still be in this lockdown. So now it's like, okay, I, I think this is going to become a very big part of our future. That's a good way to look at it too. And one thing I do want to circle back to a couple of things before I, because there's, I definitely want to talk about live shows with you guys, especially something that Ticketmaster announced, but I want to loop back to that a little bit later due to the fact that I want to stay on something that I heard you say, we were talking about creating this new EP and it's kind of based off of, the same theme. Now, if you don't want something with the theme is that's okay. But what if, it, but if I want it, what I kind of want to know is like, what's the general consensus on the theme? Like, is it based off of a certain event? It's based off of a certain emotion based off of a certain feeling. It doesn't have to be like the, you don't have to tell me exactly this, but like, if it's one of those three, just be like, yeah, it's based off of something that I felt at this time. Maybe. I mean, just to kind of, cause I've got a theory about this. So I kind of want to hear what it is. So it's not a concept out, uh, not, not a concept EP. If that's kind of like what you're thinking. Um, uh, I, so I like, wasn't thinking not, anything like a concept EP. I was just thinking like, cause you said it was like based off of like a certain theme, certain feel kind of thing. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. Um, so all of these songs and then like their, their, their lyrics are very, I don't like, I want to say controversial based, but it's not like, it's not like, Oh geez. Like this is, this could really like make people upset or something like that. It's controversial in the fact that it is all very moralistic, like viewpoints that every human being holds on to, and whether they, whether they've like buried their conscience enough or not to not feel these things, it's going to hit them. And it's, it's something that I'm very excited. I mean, we, one of the songs we actually wrote in 2019 when Adam first joined the band and this song we were planning on releasing next year. This is the song that we uh, shot the video for back in September. Um, this was like the first song and then we started writing these other three songs and it kind of all fit in the same, uh, the same idea. And well, the song that we're releasing in, uh, in possibly February that we shot in um, – uh, September is called Change Everything. People have seen us play it live because it was supposed to be released this year, but uh, you know, <laughs> COVID. But uh, it, that that song talks about like telling the 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 listener that you have the power to say everything's going to change in your life. You have the power to wake up tomorrow morning and say I'm changing my life. Like you 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 you're the only one that can do that. You can quit your job. You can go get a new job. You can take on whatever. I, when I when I stepped into music, I got I lost a five year relationship, and I was like, yeah. You know, and at the time, the band wasn't doing anything, and because uh, Brandon was off into a different band. And then two months later, he called me and he said, "Hey, I found a drummer, and he wants to start back Young Other." And I was like, "Okay, let's do it." And I, from that moment, took every like ounce of who I am and put it into this, and uh, literally. A year later from that point, we were playing in North Carolina. We were playing in Indiana. We played in West Virginia. We were playing all over New York. We were like, 
we were on the road. It, it just became a reality. It happened. I said, this is what I want to do. And it happened. And it's like, everybody can do that. You can, you can do whatever you want. You want to, you want to become a trades worker and you want to become a licensed and own a licensed trades worker and own your own company. You can do it. You can do whatever you put your mind to, but you have to jump with two feet in and ask questions. later. And the reason I want to ask that question is kind of the theory that it kind of backs up this because you're talking about with this on how, you know, you kind of have that feeling of, you know, you have the ability to change everything that's around you because the only person that can directly affect something right now about your life is you. If you hate your job, you can quit it right away. I mean, you don't have to stay. If you want to do something else, you have the ability to just stand up and just go and do it. And hearing where the backstory kind of came in on your end, where when it came back to restarting young other back in 2016, following a five-year relationship, where I'm getting with that is where the feet, where you're talking about these, these seem to like these, you know, some, sometimes maybe controversial ideas or opinions that it, the human mind might have because you have dealt with some of these things personally, you're going to have the emotion from those moments come out. And the reason why I'm a big fan of that is because as those emotions are going to start coming out, what's going to end up happening is people are really going to feel this authentic and real emotion because they're going to be able to connect with something that you went through because that's what it, that's what it sounds like. That's what it's going to feel like in that song. So that's really where the power comes through within music. And that's how the connection's made. And that's how I think raw original sound is made because you're putting your heart and soul out there. You're putting your full emotion into the music. And you're letting the music dictate itself so that it properly expresses the emotion you're trying to. You're not trying to force something. Just letting it happen naturally. And that's where people really, really get connected to it. Yeah. And I'd have to say the three other songs on this EP. So there's going to be four total. Uh, another uh, little hint there. Um, but uh, the three other songs on this EP <laughs> that nobody's heard yet and that we're currently still writing. Um, two of them are pretty much finished. But uh, they are all wrapped around uh, how we've grown as a band this year and things that we have all been working on in our personal lives. And uh, I'm just, I, that makes me extremely happy because this year has been a trial for everybody in the world, everybody in the world. But like with what we have gone through as a band this year and, and like certain things that we've grown closer and it's like we were able to share certain things about our past with each other and we're all working on our individuals like struggles that we we all deal with and it's we're this is like a very the, the past few months we have really changed the core of who we are and um i i think these songs really speak for how this year has been for us and um what it takes to kind of like uh i don't know kind of kind of be a light and that's that's what we're really focusing on i mean it's it's kind of like a an enlightenment of some sort and and especially with what everyone's gone through in the year 2020 they're going to end up feeling that emotion of rethinking certain things and feeling reborn at certain points within their own thought process because they've experienced different things they've experienced being isolated they've experienced no real human interaction they've experienced having to deal with certain family events that might be traumatic or not that not having that intimacy of basically being with the people you love like sometimes you're gonna have to tell some of these certain you know basically tell some of these certain habits and events maybe if it's a death in the family maybe someone got sick you're not gonna be able to comfort those people you're gonna basically tell them over the phone and that might be it and the only thing that's yeah. really 
the only real kind of connection you have in there is your voice. Hell, people are texting some of this stuff now, and the only connection you have is just the fact that they hit the send button and they typed it out. And in your mind, you're trying to think about how they would say it. But that really is just kind of the lack of connection has made us rethink a lot of different things. And the fact that you guys have rethought of these things as well, that's going to come through in your music. That emotion is going to end up coming through. And people are going to relate to that because we all went through this 2020 not maybe not the same way, but we all went through it at the same time. We all went through it together in that aspect. So the emotion's gonna be real. The connection is gonna be real easy to make. I can yeah, guarantee, please. speaking for everybody in the band, that if this year didn't happen the way it did, I would. I mean, I don't think all of us. I I, I personally would not be as close set with my bandmates today as I am. Like I have the and especially recently like within the past couple of weeks i have come to terms with and it's a hard thing to do i've come to terms with being okay if i were to never play another show again and that's like it's like somewhat heartbreaking for me to say that but it's 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 a realization i'm starting to become like i'm starting to live and be happy in the little moments of just being with my bandmates in that shed, just being with the four of us in that shed and writing. That is, that's something that used to just be like, oh yeah, okay, this week we're, we're having practice, whatever, we have a show in a couple of weeks, okay, whatever. Now it's like, oh no, this weekend's coming up. We're we're all going to be together. And it's like, I, I haven't seen many of my friends this year. And it's like, these guys, I've been able to see every single, you know, every, mostly every single weekend. And that's something I don't take for granted for because of everything I lost this year. And I, like these little moments, these little times where I'm sharing with my best friends, this is what has become to mean the most to me over playing shows. I mean, we're, we still keep in contact with all of our fans and we, we, we love them and we love uh, all the relationships we formed. And, you know, we do our live streams and stuff and we, we incorporate everybody and we talk to them through there and messaging and everything like that. But um, uh, it's, it's, we're still holding on to those relationships, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not about going to play a show and rocking out and having a good time anymore. It's for me, it's like, it's, it's the thought process that's behind these songs. That's behind the fact, like what it means to be in young other. And uh, I honestly, I, if I had to go through this year again, I would, because I don't take for granted the, the relationships that we have with each other right now. Neither. I'll say that's incredibly powerful. Uh, Devin, Adam, you guys want to add on to that at all? Yeah, I mean, it, it has been definitely a trying period for, for everybody across the world, you know, and, and um, to add on to what, what Dale was saying, like, I, I can definitely say everyone's been a lot closer. Like, you know, the band was already, you know, we already viewed each other kind of like a family. Um, so then, you know, by the time COVID hit and everything started to shut down, it was a family going through this unprecedented time. Um, and that helped us, um, you know, I think a lot of the time in, in isolation, you're kind of forced to, you know, look at yourself and, uh, we were able to self-reflect in that time, but also have each other to kind of bounce that reflection off of. So I think there's been a lot of like personal growth with us individually. And, uh, because of that individual growth, it's kind of, uh, capitalized on, on the growth we've had as a band together and stuff. So, you know, when, um, yeah, it's COVID in a way, I feel like it's kind of, uh, Besides, aside from like the obvious health tragedy and stuff, it's kind of been like a, a big force of kind of, you have to look in the mirror this year. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been blessed to be able to do that with, uh, you know, three guys that I call my brothers. Um, 
you know, and, and then, you know, obviously the team that comes with it too. So, you know, Nate uh, has been there a lot of the time too, our, our video guy, um, you know, and I feel like we've grown with him too. And so just that, that self-reflection and like that, that strengthening that, of that bond as a family uh, has really been a really powerful element this year. So definitely with Dale on that one. And I think, you know, that just the individual thing, um, it, it adds to the, how powerful growing as a group can be as well. Very nice. Said. Adam, I got to get your response on that as well. Oh, well, it was pretty much what Devin said. He has such a way with words. It's hard to follow him up. But um, I think we've all been our own <laughs> battle. Just always having back is really nice. And just, I, I agree. I've grown so much closer to them over the whole Rona than I had from joining the band until then. But I, I agree. I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I think everything happens for a reason. And I know that the rest of us believe that too. And I think I, I definitely wouldn't change anything. I love what we've become and we're just a hell of a lot closer. And I think that's pretty damn, pretty damn cool. But, but yeah, pretty much seven words were what I had in mind, but, but I can't put words out like that. Cause I'm not a wizard like Devin is, but I'm just old. <laughs> it's like oh he has such oh, a way no. with words such a poet such a way with words you're a poet like, you didn't even know it yeah made a rhyme <laughs> right on time oh, oh. Um, <laughs> rhyme something with uh orange door hinge i was thinking oh. the same thing man oh. <laughs> good one okay i i'm a i I, I will I will have to agree with Adam's take. You are a poet, sir. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't take credit for it. That was a Drake and Josh thing. Yes, thank you. Uh, so yes, you're not so crazy, good. Dale. Um, <laughs> well, I'll put, Drake and Josh. I'll put it this way: the fact that you reference Drake and Josh on the podcast brings so much joy into my heart. I'm a, yes. I'm a fan of it, man. I'm a fan of it. I'm glad I could oh, be Vegas. That was like the last good TV. Show, I feel like. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. What was after that? Was that was uh was Adventure Time? I think Adventure Time came after Drake and Josh. That was like my last like Adventure Time oh, and regular dude. show. Making bacon pancakes. Yes, making <laughs> bacon pancakes. No, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm I have to agree with Adam with it being Drake and Josh because there's there's no part of that show that beats when they're in the uh when they're having to rebuild that kid's treehouse and they pull the wall up and oh, they yeah. screw it. It's like. Jake, Wait. where's the door? There it is. I drew it on it with magic marker. I'll cut it out when we need to. Go get the saw. All right. <laughs> I see what you mean. Oh, do ya? You get that like super <laughs> animated thing from Josh Beck. Just like the head. Just like. Just remember whenever, if you guys are writing vocals, you guys are writing lyrics. If you guys need to say anything with emphasis, say it twice for emphasis. Emphasis. <laughs> yes. no. all right if i can quote drake oh, and josh on a podcast episode i know it's a great day oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'm happy my heart I, feels happy <laughs> i am too and one thing one thing i really want to talk about you guys because this is the first band i'm gonna be able to get this take on because of when we shot this i think it was the day before we shot this Ticketmaster released their whole entire like you know once relaunching concerts in a covid world kind of thing to where 
people that are going to attend shows that are under the Ticketmaster, that are basically supported by Ticketmaster, they will need to present either a proof that they have the vaccine or a negative COVID test up to 72 hours prior to the show. And I want to get your guys' take on that as well as to what you guys think about that from the performer side of it. Hmm. Uh, I gotta be careful. <laughs> I know, I know. I I don't know, honestly. I I haven't. I have to do some research on that because I haven't heard that yet. But uh, yeah. I wonder how, like, because Ticket Ticketmaster isn't everything. Ticketmaster doesn't run Blue Ridge Rock Fest or any of these other shows or local shows that happen across the country. So I don't know how well they're going to enforce that, and that might that could be a bad thing on their part. I mean, who? I, I, I mean, uh. I don't know. It's because you got like Live Nation as well, and they they're you know they're their own entity. So it's like this that that might be a wrongdoing, but it could be a right doing in there for the people who are more concerned about uh, like going to those kinds of shows. Because if you go to that kind of show, you're guaranteed that everybody's going to have the vaccine or everybody has had a prior COVID test uh, uh, before that. So I mean, those might be safer shows for people who are wanting to get back out into concerts to start going to. And I see no no uh, no problem with that, but I'm wondering if they're going to make the uh, performers actually probably they're probably going to make sure the performers have the vaccine or something in that case for be able to play a Ticketmaster show. But I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'll have to do some research on that. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. I I could I could see that being like a controversial thing for sure. Like, because I, I I see the safety side of it right, and that and that totally makes sense and. It gives us hope, right? That things will return to normal like sooner than later. Um, right. But I, I can almost like imagine just like you know, you see it on the internet all the time. Just like groups of people will be like, "Oh, I'm never gonna do that. I'm never, you know." So you're gonna like inevitably lose a percentage of people who are gonna go out to shows at least for some time before it returns to normal. So I, I could see that making things complicated, but it's also good to see like some companies out there who want to like try and get it the ball rolling again. You know what I mean? Especially big ones. Like yeah, in a much sooner, yeah. way, in a much sooner manner as well. Right. So yeah. I get take the good with the bad. I mean, yeah, some people are going to be. Uh, well, I know a right. bunch of are not even going to let the vaccine near them, and I mean, personally, who knows? Like, you you get the vaccine, and forty years later, you got three eyeballs. But who knows? Or <laughs> 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 speaking <Super>. Russian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got twenty thirty vision. <laughs> from 2020 yeah. <laughs> oh god but i have what you're talking about uh devin we're talking about like with people on the internet i once that news came out because i'm a i'm a part of a bunch of these different like you know different music groups different fan sites as well so when yep. this dropped i got to see a lot of it and it was split 50 50 where you had people that were yeah. that were that were fine with it because because ever since live shows have stopped, people were been clamoring like, "We'll do anything to get back to live shows." But then once this came out, it was you saw half people like, "You know, I'm okay with this, so I can go see a live show." And then the other half just like, "Oh no, this is invasion of my privacy. What's to come next?" Kind of thing. And right. yeah. I think what Adam said might be the best way to look at it right now, where it's mm-hmm. this probably isn't this. This might be a much more fluid situation than we actually think it is. To where this Ticketmaster is a major company. And right. not yeah. all venues and not all music festivals are supported by Ticketmaster or go through Ticketmaster for their ticket sales. Some do it in-house, some do it with Live Nation, mm-hmm. some do it with a bunch of other different ways. However, this is the start of a conversation. So right. what's going to happening is 
you know, maybe this isn't going to be the, what they have right now might not be the end all be all thing. We'll find out in the coming weeks and months what that's going to look like. However, right. this is just it's it's the start of something where there's going to be people that are going to go aren't going to go anywhere near concerts because maybe for some preconceived notion about uh, coronavirus vaccine, whatever it might be. But there's going to be some people that are just been dying to go to live shows since since they've been gone because that's what they feel. That's what they love to do. They feel like their families are, they feel a certain camaraderie at these live shows and they feel this right. certain yeah. like overabundance of happiness and joy when they're there. So the fact that there's a avenue to get them back, they're going to make sure they can do whatever they can to get them back and be back in those positions. So mm-hmm. it's something where I've seen the, I've seen people for, I've seen people against it and it's pretty even keel at this point when I'm looking at it. However, I do like, again, what Adam said, where it's, this is the starting point. This might not be the end all be all thing. However, this is something to get the conversation at least started. Yeah. Yeah. It starts that yeah. snowball. So hopefully it'll uh, start to open up more doors and avenues as, as time lapses and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I think, that's, I think it's a great, a great starting point. I mean, especially for performers aspect like us, I mean, you know, the the majority of our income, I mean, we hardly make any because we're a local band, but the majority of our income comes from playing live shows. So it's like, you know, for bands that want to get right back out playing, this might be their green ticket to even skyrocketing faster because there might be some bands that are like, oh, no, I'm not getting the vaccine. And it's just going to delay them another year or two. But like, you know, there's this. I think this is going to be a very different, like, approach for every band you might have some bands saying oh no and focus more on the digital side of like streaming and all this stuff and you might have some other bands saying yes we're taking this and we're we're doing this and uh rising into the ranks that way i think this is going to create an entirely different i mean even not even regarding the vaccine this entire coming out of this it's going to create an entirely different world for the music industry oh i have to agree with you 100 percent. i've talked about this on different podcasts as well not only with what this year is what this year and what this whole entire pandemic has ex, has exposed in the music industry to uh change certain things around when it comes to how independent bands make their money on streaming platforms and hopefully and getting them actual compensation of like point zero 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 one four cents per stream yeah. <laughs> or and then also when it comes to you know bands that are assigned to these record deals how these record deals are going to look going forward due to what happened this year with certain different, with certain styles, certain protections and, you know, maybe some more uh, freedom of ownership to the bands as well. And all it's going to take is again, take a look at what happened with this Ticketmaster thing. What happens if Metallica does a new record deal and it's completely different to basically mitigate some of the problems that happened in 2020, that could be an absolutely huge thing and will reverberate down the line to all the other bands that are assigned to deals and bands that are going to be signing deals. Yeah. I even think on the money aspect, I don't think you're going to be seeing big, big, uh, like money deals anymore. Cause I mean, look at all the, I mean, I'm sure these music companies have been paying unemployment to the people who can't set up all these, all the stage shows and, and the sound, uh, the sound techs and, and everything there's uh, you know so the money factor i don't i think it's going to start here again and then it's going to have to climb up to what it was in 2019 where you know there were where fans were making when it was good for bands and and everybody that worked in the entertainment industry so now it's like i, I yeah i'm cur- i'm curious on how these these deals are going to be and, and all it's going to take is just going to take for one band to make i i think it's going to take well, again one of the big boys to make a new deal and see how that ends up playing out because 
one of the bigger influences, again, I'm going to use Metallica as the example because I think they're the perfect example for something like this. Say they, they change around their record deal, they sign to a different deal, they restructure it, and it's completely different so that there are not only there's only more there's more ownership for them, but maybe there are more protections for their team as well. So especially their live show t- a team, their roadies, everybody like that. Then it's going to end up reverberating down to the rest of the music industry because one of the biggest players changes it, or if the Foo Fighters do something like that as well. And taking a look again, got to go back to the Ticketmaster thing. While they're starting it, it might not be the end-all, be-all thing, but it's a start to the conversation, and we can see how things are going to evolve from there. It's the, we, it's like we all need that little push at some point to start it. And once right. we get that start, it's going to end up going downhill, snowballing to the point where you're basically going to be like Homer Simpson sucking a snowball with just the hands, the feet, and the head popping out, rolling down a hill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but it definitely is going to take one of those bigger bands to make that statement because then it's going to be, oh, it's going to become a trend, and then everybody's going to be like, oh, okay, well, this is the way it's, it's going now, and we'll, we're going to follow suit. But I don't think local bands, uh, right now at this will, would be able to, uh, make that, make it change like that. Because I, I mean, I, I have friends who are in bands who live in the Southern States and live, who live West and we've been going to show, we've been playing shows all, all year and we're yeah. over here. And it's like, you can't even play a show when people are like sitting down or anything or, or, or if everybody has masks. So it's like, I mean, I'm watching bands play to like 500, 1500 people, no masks. So, I mean, this is all summer across the country. And it just makes me, it just makes me wonder. Cause it's like a, a state like Florida. I don't think they're going to require anybody to, I mean, they haven't been all year to have the vaccine or wear masks in the shows. So it's like, it's going to be, it's going to be weird trying to like unify across state lines again, because every state has been different in, in how their approaches. I mean, even, even where we live, New Hampshire has been a lot more open to, to shows and, um, just everything like restaurants and all that stuff than how Massachusetts has been. So it's like, I mean, we're, we're seeing all corners up here, but we're, we're not seeing show extenses like we have been uh, from our friends down South. Yeah. Right? And like, cause I'm from the Midwest as well. Like I've seen that as well, where I saw a show up in green Bay in July. I saw one in the middle of bumfuck nor Wisconsin in <laughs> September. And like all the bands that I saw, I've all had them on the podcast before. I wanted to go support them. I wanted to go see them. And the one in Green Bay had about maybe 200 people, maybe like 150 people at it. The one in the middle of nowhere had like 50 at the most, and everyone was really spaced out at that one. But where this kind of comes in is, and then taking a look at other places, like I was have been having slideshows. I mean, the Sturgis Biker Rally was like the biggest, you know, like they didn't give a shit about anything with this. And right now in the Midwest, as we're shooting this, I mean, we're really struggling with a lot of the things, and it seems like a lot of the reverberations are from that biker rally but i don't want to say that it is solely the cause because there's probably a lot more causes than that but i do see what you're saying where it's just you're looking at all these other different areas of the country and people are playing live shows hell also across the world as well because i've seen people over in europe they're playing live shows to different different like people sitting down people in like these like weird bubble kind of things or drive-in shows as well i know skills did a couple of drive-in shows Beartooth did one here in wisconsin in october so there's definitely different bands that are trying a lot of different things. However, it's just, it's going to be weird seeing what happens once everything starts back up again, because of, again, just where everyone is, how each state is going to end up handling this and mm-hmm. just what happens with 
what not only what you guys are going to need as performers to play a show, but what we as the fans are going to need to do in order that we to get entry into these shows and make sure that everything is safe for everybody around us. A hundred percent. And I, I, I think maybe on these new deals too, and the people that are working with these bands, um, I think this might really push the music industry to start having some form of healthcare to offer to these people that are working with these bands and stuff, because that's something I'm concerned about as a musician. It's like, we're, you know, we're, we were getting paired, paired up with these management teams and stuff, but it's like, you know, I'm going to be 26 soon and I'm going to lose being under my parents' insurance. So I'm going to start paying this. Yes, I have a full-time job, but when I decide to push my full-time job away and become part-time or just stop because the band's taking off, how am I paying for healthcare? You know what I mean? Like, I, it's, 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 I don't know. It, this, this could really be a greater good that we're just not seeing right now. And uh, that's what I hope it's going to be. Oh, I'm, I'm a, I, I didn't even think about that, but that is a huge, huge deal as well that I could easily see happening and really people pushing for. And I mean, to come to, to kind of come from a similar side where you are right now is I'm turning 26 right before the end of the year. So once January 1st hits, I have to have my own health insurance. I do have a full-time job with a health insurance software company, so everything is still pretty good. But when I was under my parents' insurance like earlier this year, um, I did have to go to the hospital once because I had to get my appendix taken out. And I saw what the bill was without insurance, what the bill was with insurance. I'm not going to say what it was with insurance, but it definitely wasn't what it was without insurance. Without insurance, just straight up out of pocket with no insurance, it would have cost me $62,000. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wow. 52,000. Oh, no, not 52, yeah. 62. Six, who? What? Well, it's like, oh, a, it's like a Denali. Oh, my God. I'd be like, just put that thing back in me and let it explode. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you can die that way, Dude, man. That's, that's horrifying. See, like, what are they going to do? I'm not paying. Yeah, no. What are they going to do for bands and performers? Like, they, they, they ha- this has to be something. They ha- This has to be a change for for entertainers to be given some sort of like health insurance that they could pay for. I mean, maybe there already is, and I just don't know because I'm on a smaller scale, but like this has to be some kind of like a widespread uh, talk. I mean, like, but, I mean, not just healthcare because of the coronavirus, because this thing's obviously going to be around for a while, but like in the sense, like what if, you know, somebody like us, uh, like, like me, I, my appendix starts to go, you know what I mean? How the heck am I going to be paying $62,000 when it's like, I make like negative two hundred dollars for music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 something to really think about, and I really like the fact that you brought it up as well because I had not thought about that. And one thing that, especially when I'm getting in, because now just with the like, of course, with after the election, with in between that time when there's a presidential election and the inauguration day, there's always going to be politics talking back and forth. And I'm usually talking to my parents like pretty much almost every single day at this point. And one thing that I'm always bringing with my mom is it's just. We're talking about certain issues and it's that they're never black and white issues. There's always so much gray area in between that you're not really thinking about how it affects all these other things. And when it comes to this whole entire idea with like potential new record deals, I never even thought about health insurance for bands that are on those deals or also for the crew members that are working for those bands. What kind of stuff does that happen? Like, how does that work as well? That is something that is really interesting, especially with a lot of the bands that are trying to do these things to just generate, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, to generate money for their crew, for their roadies, for everybody that worked for them. I mean, people were trying to sell different t-shirts. People were trying to sell all this different stuff. People bring together those live stream shows just to support their road crew. 
Mm-hmm. That that's that's yeah. something that's on my mind as well because we've brought in a lot of people over the past year that has started working with us. Like our our brother Nate, like he does endless amounts of work for us. He he sets he's our FOH when it comes to our live streams, and he shoots a lot of our music videos. And he's just uh, he is a huge part of this band. Uh, regardless that nobody you know sees his face in our pictures, he's like a d- definitive part. But it's like that you know he's gonna keep growing with us and further we grow the further he grows and it's like i want like even before me i'd rather him be okay and have have health insurance because we're pulling him into this same with the photographers and stuff that we take on tour with us and everything it's like we want and our tour managers like we want these guys to be getting the same kind of health care and 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 care in general that we're given because they're, they're they're the reason why you know they're they're the reason why we can do some of the things that we're doing and, and can reach out to the, uh, our fan base. And it's like, I, I hope this becomes a bigger thing because I, I, over the summer, you know, we saw the save our stages, hashtag save our stages and all these different things. And it's like, you know, there's 12 million people, I think in the United States alone work in the entertainment industry that build all these stages and travel with these bands and stuff. And 12 million people, that's a lot of people that work these events. That's not just like the, the, the people that they hire for security just for the night or all of this stuff. And it's like, this is, this is something that we need to, we need to think about. And hopefully coming out of this, uh, coming out of, out of a health crisis, we really start uh, improving our options when it, and the severity of the entertainment industry, because everybody, everybody seems to need it. Everybody keeps asking and wanting to go back to concerts. So it's definitely a thing that people need in their lives. Oh, absolutely. And it's just, Man, I like I like when it came to the whole entire healthcare thing. I never even thought about it, but when you take a look at bands like I'm using the big boys like Metallica, Foo Fighters, they have such they've they've got such large deals. They've got so much money coming in that with their team, they might be able to provide that on their own. However, bands that are not to that superstardom level, like bands like I'm trying to like I mean just bands that are big in the scene right now and rock, hard rock, metal, heavy metal, metalcore, they're probably not able to provide something like that. Like Bands like, I mean, I'll use like bands like, uh, shoot, where was it? Like bands like Underworld, bands like Ice Nine Kills, bands like Motionless and White. They've got, they've got, they've got a big amount of crew that they work with because of what they do. Bring Me the Horizon, another example, but they're, they're from a different country as well. So that's a little bit of a difference. Also, I'm trying to say in the U.S. with this as well, because that's where yeah. we're all from. And that's where our mindset really is. And that's what <laughs> we know most about. But it's like mm-hmm. with those, with those bands, they have a big following, but they might not necessarily have a big enough following in order to provide healthcare for all the people that work under them, they right. might have to use They might have to class them as independent contractors so that they can have them on and they can pay them, but they don't have to pay all, they don't have to like basically pay that health insurance so that they're able to have these crews do what they do, which then in terms of this whole entire pandemic, that could easily just change that conversation where these record deals might include riders to have a certain amount of the crew have health insurance under these that these uh record companies also provide to the bands themselves yeah without a doubt i mean they're going to be on the road with them they're going to be exposed to them every every day so it's like you know they're going to be contracting the same things that the musicians are going to be contract uh contracting so it's like i i I, they're, they're on an equal playing field oh easily and my god i mean now i'm like starting to think about this like how can I start to like start pushing some of this stuff too? Cause I've, like all the times I'm hearing from things from 
bands that are inside of these major record deals, these small, these more emerging bands, the independent ones in the scene, and hearing all these stories about what's going on in their world right now, mm-hmm. I'm all starting to think like, what can I, like, what kind of ideas can I have to potentially start a conversation? Or what can I do to help this out? Because, like, because you never know. All these, well, I'll put it this way: every single band started out as a small local band. Every band started out at that point. No band just ended up like. Oh, we're gonna start today and ended up being on a level that like Rise Against is on right now. No one ever started out like that. Mm. No, that, that that's the thing, and and uh, it's it's all that time in between, like starting out a band like us and and where Rise Against is, and it's and it's the the ideals and the and the way you're approaching certain things and 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 where you're gathering. Uh, uh, your insight and your um, where you're trying to go as a band as well. I mean, we we the four of us talk all the time about like why we're doing music, why we're we're in this, and what we're trying to get out of it. And none of us are here to be the next big thing. We don't care about being that. It's like we're trying to we're trying to bring awareness to certain things. We're trying to tell a story. We're trying to uh, create a community where people can be themselves and people are, are cared for and people that just aren't alone. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we, there's a much bigger message than just it, with us than just, Oh, yeah, we're a rock band and we want to play shows and, and try to do something. It's like, we're trying to change the game. And that's actually a huge part of why we, we kind of teamed up with MBK because their, their ideals and their morals are, are exactly aligned with ours and creating a family, uh, family-oriented business and and the way that they approach certain things and stuff. It's like we all take care of each other. We're all we're all just a big family, and that's and that's. I mean, we we have a huge group at home when we play our shows and stuff. It's like we'll play a home show in uh, Fitchburg where we usually do it, and um, we only do like every four months or every three months. And right after that, everybody goes to Buffalo Wild Wings, and there'll be like fifty of us that just show up at one o'clock in the morning at Buffalo Wild Wings. Not like, we call it we call it the oak band and it's like it's it's we've created this family of of awesome friends that it, like that's what we've been doing everywhere we go and it's it's i don't know it's these these local bands coming up i i, I hope that they strive to to uh really kind of change the game especially coming out of this when this is a good reset and we can kind of change what music really is and that it's not all about being uh self like self-centeredness but like using this platform and using these tools that you have and the voice that you kind of created to to change the world i guess essentially and change uh the world around you at least and and bringing different awareness to your fans it's like i mean one of the biggest things that we uh really strive upon is like suicide and our veterans and those are two very big topics that we we stand on. And next year, uh, the veteran thing will be a very big, uh, like, noticeable thing because we, we're working. We're currently working on a project for one of our songs that are coming out next year that has to do with um, our veterans. And uh, we're creating a very big uh, production on that, and working with some veterans and some veteran groups out of New Hampshire and stuff that are, are working to uh, that we can use the song to bring awareness to and they can uh you know make raise money and, and stuff like that for veterans but that's like what i hope 
music kind of starts going to. It's like people are using their platform and some people start using it for mental health. Some people start using it for, uh, you know, just causes like raising money for cancer and stuff. It's like, that's one thing that we, we stand for is, is being a band that I, I have no problem going to play a benefit show. I don't care if we don't get paid. We're raising money to, to find, to, to, put money towards finding the cure to cancer to, to raising money for diabetes that's that's what we were in it for and that's what i hope that we can kind of get the chance to really as the music community start pushing towards rather than just i don't know coming out of this i just feel like this this could be a really good uh chance for a greater good to come out of music rather than where it was in the past couple of years with just they're being bands. Like I want, I, I hope there's something more that comes out of this. If that makes any sense. I mean, I was just kind of like going off there. <laughs> oh, I, I get, I get what you're saying. And I kind of want to close on that as well, just due to the fact that I think it kind of really sums up the whole entire conversation as a whole, where you guys, where you talked about your music talk, of course, talk about some fun stuff as well, but then talk about what's going on in 2020 and how certain things are opening up the conversation mm-hmm. to how the music industry and live shows are going to absolutely change and how, they're produced, how performers are compensated, how the crews are compensated, how health insurance might work, how the fans getting the shows, how that might look, and really kind of bringing it to the point where I love how you ended it, Dale, because you're just kind of bringing up this whole entire feeling of as a band, you want to make sure that it's not all about you. You want to make sure you're using your platform to promote your morals, your ideals, and not only that, but also create more of a family, more of a community sense around the world because – I mean, everyone's so divided on everything these days. It's like anytime you bring up a, an opinion to someone, there's going to be someone else that's going to just like start hating on you for it just because they don't agree with you and they have no idea what the hell the context even is behind it. I've been in, I've had arguments before with people. I've heard arguments for people where they're at each other's throats because they disagree on something. However, the end goal that they want to get to is the exact same thing. It's just how they're getting there is different. And that's where they're trying to be at each other's throats. But what you guys want to do is you want to use your platform yeah. to promote positivity, to promote being helpful, to promote being just the happiest person you can be and creating a community of people that are going to end up supporting that. I mean, I think that is incredibly admirable. So I want to see you guys succeed the hell out of this. Oh yeah. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, uh, I mean, we, 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 we have a lot, I mean, like I said, that EP that's, that's coming out, uh, hopefully next year, if everything kind of goes as planned, but that is, I feel like this is going to be a very definitive chapter of the band as, uh, as a whole with these four songs and, and their, their messages behind it. And I think it's going to be the beginning of where we're going to be, uh, escalating to as a band. So I, I, I think this year really, really changed us for the better and it it kind of gave us a more outlook on what this world really needs and and knowing that we can somehow contribute to what it needs and i i think that um i don't know i think coming out of this and and where we're where the path leads is that it's it's it, it could it looks like i don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just, I, it looks like it's going to be very plausible for a, a good unifying, a good unifying aspect to, um, to music rather than just what it was before. And I think that is a great way to say it too. So I want to close on that because I don't think we're going to be able to close on anything better than that, honestly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Sorry, I'm like, 
I'm like running on steam here now. I don't know if you can see it in my face. I can, I can see a little bit. Don't worry. I've been running. I've been, I've been running on Steam since Monday, so oh, <laughs> I'm just man. I'm just used to it by now. But before we uh, sign off and send you guys on your merry way for the rest of the evening, um, any last words you guys want to say? Anything you want to plug? Whatever it might be, the floor is now yours. So go for it. Oh, I think Dale, you said it best, man. Right? Like in a world that is so divided, let music be its unity and. If we can be part of that catalyst, let's do it, you know, <laughs> and rock on everybody. Or I'll do the classic, like rock on <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there we go. What about you, Adam? I don't know. I feel like. Say talk- something about your cat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> Not the third. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, already well then i i think i think i'll take my turn to end this out so everybody that's listening you guys hear me talk about this all the time where yeah i went to minnesota i was an econ major i know about convenience and stuff and how you guys want convenience so when it comes to everything you listen to if you want to help be a part of that positivity that young other is going to bring to the world if you want to be make sure that you know you're in the know with this band on every single aspect all you're going to have to do is take a look at the description of this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Every single link you could possibly want for this band, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I mean, YouTube, if they got a TikTok, I'll throw it in there too. Their website where you can find their merch, where you can stream their music, where you can download their music. Everything is going to be in there for you guys. So you guys have no excuse. And I mean, no excuse not to get in on the positivity train with young others. So yeah (laughs) thank you seriously thank you so much for having us on this this is awesome like this this kind of really uh like really brightened up my weekend and just being able to talk about this and and how passionate you are for working with bands and talking to bands that are upcoming and stuff you know you're doing a number on it as well and and it's it's people that you are that that have these podcasts and have these shows are are these stepping stones for bands like us and it's it's creating a community and and that's that's what music is is all about and and everything that surrounds it so seriously thank you so much for your time and uh i had a blast oh yeah, yeah same here man I'm glad, you guys awesome. a, I'm glad you guys had a blast i always love hearing that i always try and make it as fun and enjoyable for the bands to be on here as well because I enjoy doing these more than probably anything I do for MSOTD Rocks or the Corporate Russia Podcast. This is my favorite thing to do for all of them. So, you know what? I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to keep that train rolling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you're killing it, man. You're doing a great job, you know? <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And, and once live shows return, if there's a chance I get to go to one of those, like, original shows where you guys end up at Buffalo Wild Wings at one in the morning, I see you guys there and I already got a beer like, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, hell I'm yeah. making it happen. going to take shots or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm be like, Kevin! <laughs> oh god then that means you guys would be like kevin i'd be like guys what do you want for shots first round's on me oh no <laughs> we'll be like we got mario kart on the bus man we gotta we gotta get you pre-game for that <laughs> yeah four tequila shots please <laughs> let's go <laughs> get it yes All right. Alrighty, so again i want to say thank you guys for being on the podcast with the band young other and I do not want to say goodbye on this podcast because I want to meet you guys in person. I want to see you guys live and I want to see you continue on. I want to have you guys back on here again. So I can't say goodbye. So I'm going to end this with what I always end it with. See you later. Until next time, my friend. (laughs) Until next time, guys.
Whoa, 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 folks. That was my interview with the band Young Gunther out of Massachusetts and bringing positivity into this world and everything all about it. And again, I love the conversation from the streaming to talking about Mario Kart and even going deeper into their music along with the thought process of how the music industry is going to change from live shows to how deals could potentially be done and how people could potentially be compensated going forward and change because of what we went through in 2020. Again, I hope everyone is staying safe out there in 2020 right now as we end the year. Got one month to go, everybody. And again, everything that you know with Young Other is in the description of this podcast. Also, please check out MVK Music Group as well as we'll be interviewing a couple more of their bands coming up rather soon in this string of the month. So yeah, just be sure to check them out and get in the know with some of those bands before they appear on the podcast. Bands like Seven Stone Riot, The Dev, and Chout will all be on the podcast. So make sure you mark your calendars, folks, because these are going to be some good ones. We're going to keep bringing the great conversation about the emerging bands in the scene to you to help you get into them and also expand your knowledge on what they're going through right now and different ideas on how the music industry could change. I mean, this is a great way to get in the know with it. So with that mind that's gonna be for me today guys thank you for watching and listening to the code progression podcast but my msotd rocks rock and metal thrive my name is kevin and you guys know how i end every single one of these episodes with a big healthy and hearty see ya yeah oh.